I'm not interested in talking about your rap sheet, is what I told him. Sure, it would have been easy and simple to make this a conversation layered with stories about his precarious past, anecdotes about his run-ins with the law, to local gangs, to friends that are not with us anymore, to pushing, to incarceration. That, in my opinion, was an easy route, and consequentially a small thread in the tapestry that defines my next guest's journey. Indeed, through his work as a poet, author, speaker, youth counselor, and international arms dealer, not the kind you're thinking of, Sven Stidemak stood out to me as a true testament in regards to the fact that we are truly not defined by our past circumstances, but are certainly shaped by them. This exchange was a long time coming, as I'd been meaning to have Svens on the podcast for quite a long time. I'll admit he's been added rather early to the uh, increasing long list of uh, potential guests that I've been considering for this program. What eventually transpired was a truly powerful, engaging, and at times vulnerable exchange with an individual who, even having clearly connected with his sense of purpose, is still actively learning to strike the balance between his personal frailties and his mission to serve. I'm thankful to Svens for his many lessons in courage, resilience, and accountability throughout this amazing exchange. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 64 with Svens Didemak. Here we go. But, you know, how are you, man? It's like, thanks for being here. Man, bro, um, to be honest with you, and uh, if that's me being honest, I mean, you know, you got your ups, you got your downs. I mean, like, if I tell you, if you spoke to me yesterday, man, yesterday I was stressed. Why is that? And, um, you know, like, um, you're at like a crossroads mm-hmm. where you have to, you have to make a choice. You know, you got school in one direction. You got, mm-hmm. um, finances in one direction. You got your business, your purpose and your passion in another direction as well as your gift. And you sometimes you kind of like, you like one sacri- one, one gets sacrificed. For the other, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really at peace because I had to kind of like just back away from the situation and really just embrace it. Because I don't know, something that I do a lot, man, and I suggest that you should do it too, bro. You're going you're gonna to love this. Mm-hmm. Is w- whenever I go through uh, trying times, whenever my emotions get to the best of me, mm-hmm. I like back up. And I watch what I'm going through like a movie. And when I watch it like a movie, I'm like, man, is this the episode where I go out like a sucker, man? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Or is this the episode where, where, like, you know, like, there's people watching this movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, I can't go out like a sucker. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta, like... It's like what you know, is he doing? You're looking at like like a fly on the wall. They like to say like you know. So what is he doing? What what are you gonna do? Get up, get up. It's like okay, are you gonna do something? Like move, exactly, do something. exactly. You feel me? And that, and that's exactly what I mean. It's so funny you should say that. Is because you know, and again, it's you know, energy is so powerful. You know, this it's so it's such a coincidence that you're talking to me about this like right now because now no later maybe two three days ago I was mm-hmm. going through some type of same situation where everything was closing in on me at the same time. You know, parenting, fatherhood, finances, job, everything. You're just like, and you know, when your brain. Just cannot stop thinking when you're up at 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay, there's nothing I can do. I should be sleeping, but you just uh, can't stop yourself. I was exactly. actually in that really intense emotional storm, and I had to stop. I'm like, you got to stop. 
You gotta stop. Yeah, bro. Mm -hmm. That was me last night. I could barely sleep. It was tossing and turning. You feel mm -hmm. it all in your body. You feel the tension. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. That's exactly why I was. Exactly. And you want me to tell you something like, Please. that was my, that was my morning until like I, I met one person and it mm -hmm. was like a strange meeting and mm -hmm. it, I ended up having a positive impact on them. Mm -hmm. And you see the day before one of my, one of my good friends, she just beat me up in the sense like, she's like, ah oh, man, your potential is so high, but you're not doing enough. You're barely online. You know, you're not doing events. Like, what's up with you? But it's like, I had to, and you know, I, I, I kind of like, how could I say that? It really kind of like messed me up in a way. And it helped me, you know, when you, when you want to, when you got big goals or whatever, mm -hmm. it kind of, it hit me in the chest where it made me criticize myself more. Rather than really like back away from the situation, I ask myself why, and it's like, yo, ever since uh, my mom passed, I don't have the I'm same will. Sorry about will. that, by the way. Condolences. Ah, thanks, bro. But it's like I don't have the same will. You get me? The same will is not there, so it's like it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you, and it's like that will is not there. So it's like it's like I have I have like this. I just don't care. But is it okay, because um, again, a lot of people in that situation, and I've realized that because in your field, because we wish to serve, we wish mm -hmm. to do better, we wish to inspire, even though that's not, you know, we're not, we're not seeking, you know, the validation or just the applause, right? But we wish mm -hmm. to serve, we wish to help people empower themselves and to move forward. But at the same time, as I like to say, you know, I say this a lot, just like I'm tired of saying it, but you can't give what you don't have. And exactly. you can't. You can't be authentic if you're standing across from this person who's looking, who's seeking guidance from you. And basically, you know, within yourself, within your core that, you know, your heart's not in it. Mm -hmm. Would you basically, you know, just suck it up and still provide? Or do you admit to yourself like, you know what, I better sit this one out. How do you deal with that? Could, could you repeat that one more time? So in the sense where, you know, I'm trying to help someone because it's happened mm -hmm. to me. And I had to back away from the situation where, you know what, this person is seeking to me for advice or support or guidance. And sometimes, and the last time this happened, I had to be very honest, like, you know what, um, my head's not in it right now. Like, you know what, maybe I'm not the best, most authentic source of support that you need right now. And it takes, I believe, some form of humility and courage to admit that maybe, you know, right now you just need time for yourself. And I don't believe that's selfish. I don't know how you how, how you see that. Man, I, I see it the exact same way you see it. I, like, in theory, I agree with you, but I, I don't know. Like, on a, on a personal level, that's one of my problems. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. one of my issues. Like, I might be going through something, but because I know you're going through something, I'll put my stuff on the side and then I'll, I'll help you do it, deal with your stuff. But mm -hmm. I don't think it's healthy. That's like a problem that I have like with boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a good thing because sometimes, man, you just can't keep carrying weight. You just can't no. keep carrying. Like, if you're going through it, you know, it's like you you carrying your own weight 
and now mm-hmm. having to carry someone else's weight too, it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you you got to back up and you just got to do you, man. If you don't do it like that, you end up resenting the person. And I think that's why what you said is wise because if you really had a really tough day and this person is not your wife and this person is not your kids and then they trying to come on to you trying to like need you to kind of give them back, back up or whatever, you will actually resent them because you're like, look, I'm going through something right now and you're trying to get me to like deal with what you're going through. Uh So rather than resent them, I would redirect and be like, yo, bro, man, I know you're going through it right now. Man, but right now, man, I'm not in the right headspace. And a true friend should understand that. A true friend of the people that care will basically, you know, have the forethought to actually, like, you know, step away and say, like, oh, okay, for all the times I've been there for you, maybe, you know, you're right. Maybe I can actually cut you some slack. It takes a lot of humility on your part to admit it, and it takes a lot of decency on their part to actually accept it, you know, because sometimes, you know, you got to, again, I can't always be your crutch. Sometimes, And um, it's funny because, you know, the cycle, as you said, it's a pattern. And, you know, because you're so giving... And again, through all the content that you promote about, you know, just again, being of service, being of kindness and opening your heart to love and everything. And I really love the title you give yourself, an international arms dealer. But when the first time I saw your bio, I was like, okay, where's this going? And then you read the rest. Oh, okay. Purveyor of love. And I arm people with kindness. I'm like, wow, what a play of words. Did you actually come up with that? Or was this like, how, how did that go about, man? Because I think that's just genius. Oh, well, thanks, man. I came up with that title. Um. Because of, uh, like, you know, you take all these business courses and stuff and they tell you you need an elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you go to these, like, networking things and, you know, like, hey, I'm an author or hey, I'm this, hey, I'm that. I find it so boring. And no one, there's so many people that do the same thing. So it's like, it doesn't intrigue someone to really pay attention to what you do. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, so so for me, I was just like, that's what I am for real. I'm an international arms dealer. But you never hear people say, look, I'm a, I'm an arms dealer. You never meet them, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you meet somebody that says I'm an arms dealer, you have questions. You, it takes your interest. It, it takes your interest. So it, it'll give me time to explain that I'm not your average author, speaker, whatever. No, I mm-hmm. arm people with love, hope, and faith, you know? Wow. Because it's strong. It is, it's a powerful statement. And again, it's a huge mission you set you set yourself up for because again, with all that you do in the community, especially towards the youth. Uh, before this recording, of course, uh, you know I did you know just a little bit of digging as I do for all my guests, and I do a little bit of research. I saw a lot of interviews that you did, and first of all, I want to thank you first of all for everything that you do because it takes a genuine uh, heart of you know de- de- dedication and patience, and of course, uh, as we exchange privately, you know it takes a genuine soul that's dedicated to service, you know, in terms of both, you know, um, generosity and just, you know, knowing your purpose. And I was just wondering, you know, along your journey, you know, um, what, because you, you, do, you deal a lot with the youth, right? And I'm a parent. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you deal that one of the biggest issues, because my kids are really young. I'm not at that stage yet, but I can't help it. I have to think down the road. And one of the recurring things that I see with the youth right now is, you know, these issues of, you know, um, you know, self-worth, um, peer pressure. And 
what i'm just wondering what why is it a natural process of adolescence or i'm just saying like what are the different patterns that you see is it, is it a generational thing because sometimes i do get confused like okay what are you going through right now like what is what is this issue with self-worth what what, what are the, the common threads that you see from the people from the kids you speak to from from what i've seen and you know i'm not an expert but from what i what i've seen and what i've experienced myself it's it's the best way that i could explain it to you i'll use uh you know i'll use this mm-hmm. right you see the label you see the label on the crayon that's the name right so let's say you're at home, you know, and your child, your children are blessed. You got mom and dad, right? So I'm quite sure when your children are home, you don't call them fat, short, ugly, this, is that. You know, no. you might call them boo-boo. You might call them T-Joe. You might, you, you just like envelope them with love, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in that sheltered, loving environment. If you, if, if you get that, sometimes you don't get that, then... You come into an environment where it's not necessarily safeguarding, where everyone is all about loving you, protecting you, and seeing your growth. You come into an environment where you got some people that are just negative, or they're looking for their identity, so they put you down. So it's like you get people that kind of like tear at this. And when they tear at that, you, you start to be like, okay, well, I'm not necessarily JoJo because... I'm this height or because I got these clothes on and, you know, that means that I'm not as valuable as Chris who always has the Jordans. It's like you, you're trying to find your value. And mm-hmm. that, that's something that some parents don't get because they still don't even know their value. So it's like you go to high school, right? And you mm-hmm. get into high school, you get into middle school, you get into like sec one, whatever you want to call it. And everyone is trying to be cool. Everyone is seeking love. Everyone is seeking approbation, admiration, and everything else. So it's like to get appreciated, everyone is doing things, becoming people, doing whatever they got to do to get the attention and everything else. So it's like you get lost in the sauce. You want to fit into, you want to be appreciated. But sometimes to do that, you have to become somebody that you're not even to do so. So you're going to take on whatever role comes on, see if it fits, you know, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. It depends. It depends if you have a circle of friends. Like, let's say if you are the, I don't know, if you're the Pokemon type, you know, like when I was in in middle school, people was all about Pokemon. You had these cliques, people with Pokemon. Then you got the kids that, you know, the gothic kids, you know, they got their clique. And then you got the gay kids, they got their clique. So it's like you're trying to fit in. You're trying to find cover. You know what I mean? You're trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. It's just like jail, to be honest with you. It's like you're trying to fit in. You're trying to see what your circle is. So the self-worth and the, the identity and all that type of stuff is simply because a lot of kids don't know who they are, you know, and they're trying to find themselves. And they, they it's hard because they're using social media as a mirror. You know what I mean? Because okay. mm-hmm. they're looking at social media like this, like, okay, all right, I'm supposed to be like this, that, that. That's what's cool. You get what I'm trying to say? So they, they, try to, they try to be what they see in that mirror. See, you just gave me a quote right now. Social media is not a mirror, you know? You know, social media shouldn't be used as a mirror for you to look at and for you to say, you know what, this is what's wrong with me. 
There's a lot and, of that going on. Yeah, so you got a young girl, 16, and I got nothing against her, but, like, you know, now she's looking at Kylie Jenner like, okay, my lips need to look like this. My hair needs to look like this. I need to dress like this. I need to be in this pose. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily looking at social media like entertainment. That's what it is. So it's a, we're actually projecting ourselves into this medium when all it's supposed to be is entertainment. But now we're looking at it, as you said, like a mirror. I'm trying to find myself in this fallacy. Yo, bro, okay. I, I, could, I could give you a perfect example. Please. You, you take anybody that's in their 30s. You put them on Instagram and you tell them to just watch stories all day. I guarantee you, by the end of the day, I say at least 50% of the people are going to get down. You know why? Okay. They see everybody living their best life and they feel like they cooped up. You know what I mean? Still in the same place and they feel like, man, I want to be living a life like that. Mm-hmm. You get me, right? Because yeah. they're looking at it as a mirror. Like, oh, snap. Oh, wow. Like, he's in Puerto Rico. She's in Cuba. You know, this person's in France. That person's here. That per- You know what I'm trying to say? So mm-hmm. you look at that as a, if you use that as a mirror, man, I feel sorry for you. Wow. You know, because you then you start to feel like you got to compete with everybody else. You know what I'm trying to say? So how do we find ourselves? You find yourself, man, I, I feel like, I, to be honest with you, through brokenness, man. I found myself through brokenness. You know, I found myself through just realizing how messed up I am and how great I am at the same time. Okay. You know, it's like just being, being like, you got to be still sometimes, you know, you can't always be moving to a drum of, I got pit bills. I need to go to school. I need to finish this. I need to do that. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to slow down and go back into why am I doing this? What is my story? In the, in the majority of people, I feel like they have something that I call um, selective amnesia. Okay. And what that is, is you selectively forget everything that you've been through and you just focus on what you're going through right now. And when you do that, what happens is history just repeats itself. You get me? Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you don't stop and slow down and be like, man, I am great because I went through this when I was seven. I went through that when I was eight. And you really take the time to like, really like, okay, hold on. This is the reason why I keep having this pattern in my life is because I, I went through that and I'm looking, you know what I mean? You don't need no psychologist, man. Sometimes you just need to slow down and just like pay attention to what created you. You talked a lot about, because this is, this is a model you go by and that's something I really admire, which is actually basically the theme of, uh, of a lot of your courses. Broken crayons still color, and um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm not going out. Of, uh, I'm not really being like you know too personal, but what broke you? Man, plenty of things broke me, man. Uh, one of the things that really broke me um, is I remember one time, man, I was selling dope, and I'm selling dope, and there's this woman she wants to get high, but she don't got no money. She came with her eight year old son. And she had a plastic bag, and in the plastic bag, she had it. She had his uh, PlayStation Two. Oh whoa! So she trying to get high, 
I'm looking at the 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 you know young man like eight years old. He's looking at me. He's crying, and I'm just like, wow. So that broke me, and just like, you know, she was just addicted. She was just walking dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was part of that problem. I was one of the reasons why she was out there because I was supplying that stuff. So it just broke me. You know, broke me was. Um, you know, seeing all of the trials that my mom went through, you know, because my mom was a businesswoman too, and she was on the illegal side too. Mm-hmm. Like my mom used to run numbers and stuff, so watching mm-hmm. people come inside my house robbing us, you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. So just seeing that just put me on a vibe like, man, like it just... Just seeing my mom have to go through that and just keep moving forward, you know. Uh, you know, people trying to take my life, you know. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that broke me. I think that just made me harder. But what, what broke me was the things that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are, like, really simple. Like, I remember one time uh, I was in Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I go on trips to Haiti with full vibe. And um, I was in Haiti. I met some young people. And during the course uh, of that week, I just wanted to just ingrain in their mind, like, pensée positive. Crayon crasé, toujours écrit. Broken crayon, still coloring creole, you know? And I mm-hmm. really wanted to, inst- I just, because I felt like the, the, the most terrible thing in Haiti is not poverty, man. The most terrible thing in Haiti is a poverty mindset, you know? And it's like, I just wanted to get in those kids, like, think positively. Don't ever think that just because you're in Haiti, like, that doesn't mean that you're not great or that you need to be overseas to be great or you can't make it where you are because you can make it where you are, you know? And I I was telling them over and over and over again every day, pensez positive, you know? And, yo, the most weirdest thing happened. So there's an area in Haiti called Bel Air. Mm-hmm. And, and Bel Air used to be like a very bad neighborhood, like Cité Soleil, mm-hmm. you know, which is like an infamous neighborhood. So there was a pastor there that told me, I love your story. I want you to come to my church to testify. And the driver that was supposed to take, we were supposed to go to dinner somewhere. And mm-hmm. the driver was kind of like, man, that area, bro, I'm going to drop you off. Don't know how you're going to get back. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I gave the pastor my word. I'm going to go. But the way they kept telling me about the area, I ain't going to lie. I was scared, but I went anyway because I'm like, I gave him my word. So I show up. There's like a mob outside, but they just playing soccer. You know, they ain't doing nothing bad. They just playing soccer. They got a soccer tournament outside. I walk in the church and I and I do the testimony. And to my surprise, I see kids that that have been in like this summer camp that I've been talking to all week. Mm-hmm. And one of those kids grabbed my hand. He's like eager to see me, and I love him. When I tell you I love him, man, I love these kids, man. And um, he grabs my hand, and he's like, "I want to, sh- I want to take you to my house." And I didn't know his house was actually in the church basement. Okay. So I go in the church basement and I walk in the room. And when I walk in the room, 
You know what I see, yo? This guy, I even got the picture on my phone. This guy wrote my name on his wall with the crayons that I gave him, and he put Vince Tillemac, and under my name, he put Ponce Positive. Positive. Yo, bro. Man. That, that just that broke something. me. Yeah, that broke me so bad in a good way. Because I told myself that was the greatest moment of my trip. Because I was like, yo, if I didn't go because of fear or whatever, mm -hmm. I would have never experienced that. And you could have not paid me to experience that like that. And every time I come to Haiti and I see him, he's just like, yo, man, take me back with you, man. And it's yeah, not to take... Yeah, and it's not to take me back with you because I want this or I want that, but it's, I want to be with you, man. You know, and it's like, man, you know? You talk a lot about your why. I'm guessing that's part of your formula. Like, you know, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep enduring this? Because, like, again, if you can change one person, that's a life well lived, and that's a testament to that. Yeah, and, and that's it. Just the, the mean, everybody got the same purpose. Everyone has the exact same purpose. It's to serve other people, but how you serve, that's something else. But everybody's purpose is the same. It's just, you're just trying to figure out how am I supposed to serve? That's it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And for me, my, my why is just to like, man, I want to empower people. I want to arm people with self-reliance to go through the most terrible thing in life. Because I feel like You know, like some people think about environment. Like I remember having conversations with certain people and they told me, you know, like it's all about the environment. Like even if you empower children or whatever, if they go back to the same bad environment, well, sorry, they, they're probably going to end up in the same position. But I can't believe, I don't want to believe that. You know, because when I look at one person that, one person that gives me hope is uh, Victor Frankl. Uh-huh. And he said, like, anything can be taken from a man, but the last of human freedoms is to choose your attitude. So for someone to go through the Holocaust and still come out positive like that, I'm like, yo, that's one of the worst environments you could be in. So for me, yeah, so for me, I want to be, I want to be the guy to a lot, like to, to empower people to be greater than their environment. You know, because you have your environment and you have atmosphere. Uh -huh. You know, I want to get people to be, to create an atmosphere and an environment that is ideal for their failure. You know, I, that's what I want to do. I want to spring forth that. I want people to be like, yo, man, like, I can go through anything. Is because you can't, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like, you know, um, sarcastic, but a lot, it's not about people, because I notice that a lot. A lot of people will, I'm, I'm trying to frame the question properly. Ego, I've mm -hmm. noticed, gets in the way. Because I'm sure you've experienced that. Mm -hmm. um, you can come with the right message. You can come with, you know, the game plan. Like, listen, if we do this, if you follow me, if you follow my advice, you know, we can actually, you know, adjust and, you know, steer you in the right direction. But ego gets in the way. There's that problem that, well, what's the point? Well, yeah, it's easy for you. Well, you know, this is my background. This is what I've did. These are the obstacles. This is my struggle. This is what my, this is my family background. There's no way I can get out of this. Ego is often the worst enemy 
And sometimes that has to be exhausting for you. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like when you say ego, you're talking about like my ego or like the ego of the person? No, of the person, of the person you're trying to help. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like at the end of the day, I've learned a simple system when it comes to helping with helping people. Like I remember one time man, I was trying to help this one girl, man. And I, I kind of backed up and I was like, on a level of one to 10, how much do you want to see change? She's like 10. And I'm like, okay, on a level of one to 10, where are you when it comes to like your will to, to, to make a change or to be that change? And she's like five. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you the five too. I can't okay. like sometimes what, what's frustrating sometimes is like you see so much for somebody. You want to mm -hmm. push them. You want to see them get where you feel like they should be. And then you know what you do? You give them a 10 when they really just giving you a 5. Why should I Why should I give you a 10 and you really want to put in a 5? So I, I can only match your effort. Okay. That's... I see your point. I see mm -hmm. your point. So why should I... Why should I um, go all out and go all in for you, which I'm going to give you 100% anyway, right? But if going into it, you're only forget to forgive the expression. If you're going into it half-assed, I'm wasting my efforts. Basically, that's, you're, that's it. When I could be well, when I could be giving five to someone that wants, I, I you want to give me five? I'm gonna give you five. You want to give me ten? I'm gonna give you ten. You ten. You have to match your effort. That's How much it. are you willing to put in? Are That's you willing it. to put in the blood, sweat, equity, and tears as I am? Because I'm going here. I'm guessing that you want help. If you come to me, you obviously want my help. But if you're not going to follow my lead or do what I tell you, okay. So, of course, we're going to come at a crosswords and we're both going to walk away frustrated. It's got to be hard. Yeah, but, you hard. know, yo, I'm telling you, man, like, it is what it is. You know, like, yeah. I get kids. I get kids all the time, man, that be hitting me up on Facebook, Instagram, like, yo, I just got out of jail. I'm like, okay, what's up? What are you going to do? And then some of them, you know, they get their life straight, and some of them, they go right back in the cycle. But it's like, what can I I can't do nothing for you. I can talk to you. I'll make the time sometimes. I'll stop what I'm mm -hmm. doing. Okay, what's up? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it, it's, a, it's a question of will. You know what I mean? It's so all a question of will. So you can be ready to give them the tools, but at the very end, it's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. So, so personal engagement has a lot to do with it. It's like, you no, know, you can have guidance, you can have the information, you can have, again, the best environment, but you have to be willing to put in the work. That's it. So, because um, I read a lot of your texts as well. Okay. And um, I'm just wondering, is it like, you know, well, is that a result of, uh, you know, your past, your past dealings, you know, when you decided, okay, your personal awakening, how did poetry start for you? I was really curious about that. You said I really enjoy your writings. Oh, thanks for me. But the, the, I, I'm just trying to really, could you repeat the question? No, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, you know, when did, when did poetry start? Was it always something you did, you know, growing up, even, you know, when, when you were selling? Or is that something that came at a later date when you're trying to rebuild yourself? You know, like, you know, just trying to, again, after being broken, you're still trying to color. Is that something that poetry came along as a result of that? Well, poetry, because I used to rap before. I was really into rap. So for me, poetry has always been therapeutic. I mean, like, yo, even when I was selling dope, when I'd be in jail, I'd be writing. 
I always was writing. I never stopped, you know. And um, since elementary school, I've just, you know, just loved writing. Uh-huh. Especially persuasive writing. You know, when you had to write essays and stuff, persu- persuasive writing always used to get me. I just love writing. Yeah, uh-huh. and, I, and so- when it comes to poetry, I just feel like that is the best way for anyone to understand me. Or for me to express myself, there is no better way than using metaphors. Like, I, I can't say it simply. It's like, I just love saying stuff poetically, you know? I like like uh, taking big ideas and like compressing them into a couple lines or taking something big and just making it a, just one poem to really express the way I feel, you know? And it's it's like my tissue, you know? So, in the fact that because what I was curious about, because again, uh, I find your text very powerful and inspirational, and there's a lot of personal truth in that. Because you talked about therapy, you talked about uh, it being therapeutic for you. Do you mm-hmm. have any daily rituals? Daily rituals? Because again, is that is that something you do every day? Or because again, you're you seem very grounded. So you know, it's like I, I really enjoy this this spiritual you know calmness that sometimes you know that breathes from your text. I was just wondering, like you know. Is that something, because again, a lot of people need routine, and I realize that, you know, sometimes you need structure in your life. I was just wondering what your daily routine is like. When I'm focused, man, I read my Bible. I I don't just read it, but I meditate it, and I write. I have a journal next to my Bible, and then I read read um, one chapter from the Old Testament, one Psalm, one Proverb, one chapter from the New Testament. And then I read like a regular book. Right now, I'm reading The Richest Man in Babylon. I read it before, but I just like rereading it, you know? Uh And uh, if not that, I'll read another book just to kind of like refresh my mind, stretch my mind out with ideas and stuff. And then I get to my my grind. I just hustle. So that's my main thing. The gym, working out, getting my word and read. Because it's like I got to stretch my body and I got to stretch my mind, you know? And I got to stretch my spirit because if, if you're not progressing, you're digressing. Yeah. And that's something that my pastor taught me. Like if you're not progressing, you're digressing. So if every day you're not stretching your spirit, your mind and your body, you're regressing. So you, you're not, you're not advancing at all. So you got to do that. Feeling, yeah. I have a feeling we, we, we get so, so lost in the noise and I get that. You know, we're so distracted and, you know, our minds are all over the place and we're spread out and we're spread out so much that we're like, you know, again, we're, we're stretched really thin like a rubber band. And at some point I have a feeling that, you know, people don't know where to go when all they need to do is, like you said, back away, center, focus and recharge and then regroup, take, pick something, pick a direction, do it one thing. Again, it's not about haste, but everybody wants to do everything at the same time. And I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that you need to have balance. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, you got to have balance. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, like the, the, the image that you give me, it's mm-hmm. like you're you're like a chef d'orchestre, you know, like you're a maestro. And you got the violin, you got the trombone, you got the piano. You got all these instruments, right, in the symphony, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They can't all play at the same time. They got to play at specific times or specific pauses. So it's like 
at one moment, it's all about the kids. The next moment, it's about your wife. The next minute, it's about school. The next minute, it's about your money. So it's like you just got to learn how to orchestrate your life like a maestro and make it uh-huh. make it get in harmony. But to make it get in harmony, you got to turn your back to the crowd. Okay. Because you never see a maestro looking at the crowd like, yeah, that's what's up. No, they turn it back to the crowd. And you focus on your instrument. Like you, you giving me stuff right now. Focus on your instruments. You know what the violin is good for. You know what the trombone is good for. You know that the piano and the violin, they just, you know, they just flow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know how to create a symphony, but you need to focus on your instruments. What are they there for? What are they good for? What do they bring out? And when you focus on your instruments, you could create beautiful music. And that's a harmonious life. But sometimes we have all these instruments and we're trying to play them all at the same time. Or, you know, too much piano could be whacking a song, you know? Sometimes mm-hmm. you need to have a little bit more pause, add more strings. or It's a question of, of balance, but also timing. You yeah, know, timing. Everything in due time? Everything in due time, but you just got to... And you know something, too, it's like, Yo, just make a decision sometimes, you know? Like I like something that really blessed me the other day, and I want to write this. I have another book I'm working on. And, oh, um, cool. Yeah. But this is another, another book. But this book, something that was really major for me, and I want to and I wanna really capitalize on this. For me, this is, it means uh, so much, you know? Like somebody else might be like, what he's saying, it sounds so whack. But for me, it's like a major discovery for me. Like, you know, when you used to take exams, right? Mm-hmm. You have those Scantron cards, you know, the sheet mm-hmm. where you have to circle in A, B, C, D. You there take you your pencil mm-hmm. and you circle in. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're on a timer for one hour? You got a minute per question. There's 60 questions. You answered 50 of them. 50 of them, you know you got right. Mm-hmm. But the last 10, you don't know the answer. Do you do what do you do? Do you pause and you just focus on those 10 questions that you don't know the answer to? Or do you just mm-hmm. keep going to the ones you know how to answer? And when you feel like you're tight on time, you, you just do a Christmas tree. You're like, OK, A, C, B, D, whatever. And boom. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like people don't want to do. It's like sometimes people want so much clarity. They refuse to make a decision. Just move. Yeah, yo, you you just like you know, and I and I and I wrote it like this. You can either be, you can either be terrorized by confusion or at peace with unanswered questions. Okay, so the unease coming from the uncertainty sometimes is what holds us back. Like, yeah. I'm not sure about this decision. I'm not sure about the offset or the about the uh, outcome of this decision. So. Rather not do anything. Yeah, but it's like, come on, like you tripping, like you know, if you're in a building and uh the building is on fire and you're like, I don't you know, I don't know if the fireman is gonna get here on time or if I should jump out the window and mm-hmm. I'm and I might break a leg. Homie, break a leg. Figure it break out on your way down. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? Because if it ain't the fire mm-hmm. that's gonna kill you, it's gonna be the smoke. So mm-hmm. move. You know, it's like, just move. Just make it happen. And if you made a wrong decision, well, fix it later. Adjust accordingly. That's it. Adjust yourselves accordingly. But 
you'll never get nowhere trying to make a perfect and the, the best decision every time. You know, sometimes it's a decision needs to be made. I really enjoyed the visual you gave me about the maestro. Because, again, mm-hmm. we need to focus on our instruments. And eventually, again, if this is my, this is my melody, I'm the maestro. I'm deciding this is my life. And, again, I choose Yo, this is going to happen. Wow. You gave me cool. something else. You gave me something else with the maestro. You know what you just gave me? Another reason why people cannot create a harmonious lives is simply because they keep looking at the crowd, man. And they're like, what does the crowd want to see? What does the crowd want to hear and see versus what instruments do I have? Some people got a four-piece band. With a four-piece band, you could do great things. With a three-piece band, you could do great things. Mm-hmm. Some people have a symphony. Some people have like so many instruments in their arsenal, and you're like, yo. you know. And I feel like um, when you're very creative, when you're very like... Well, some people would say that you'd be ADHD, but like you're just super creative and you get bored quick. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yo, you could do this, 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 this and that. You got all these instruments here. You can't play them all. So you got to learn how and when to play them. But don't look at the crowd. So many people, they want to please the crowd. So they focus on the crowd and not necessarily the instruments that they have. So they make music, but it'll never be a hit. You know what I'm trying to say? It'll never be like an original masterpiece. You know, it'll be the remake of, you know what I mean, Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner or something mm-hmm. like that. But it'll never be, you know what I mean, Oliver Day. There's so much of that going on in terms of being so focused on the acceptance and just trying to, you know, get that validation. There's that word again. When you lose sight of the fact that, you know what? What matters is me. And it's not basically, you know, condescending, I'm guessing, everybody else, but I'm being focused on me. I'm, I need to be focused on myself, make sure I give the best authentic part of myself. And that's something I can live with. That's, that's, that's what you're talking about, you know, the unanswered questions. Like, you know, I got to be okay with me. That's it. And you focus on your instruments Mm-hmm. You focus on your instruments. And even though me you may have instruments, we don't have to make music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we could have a violin, a piano, and a and a bass, but we don't have to come up with the same song. We don't have to okay. sing it in A minor, B minor, whatever. I don't know music like that, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you could, we, could, we, we could do it in a different way according to what the gifts and the talents and whatever God's given you and what God's given me. But sometimes, man, it's like, okay, so I need to reproduce what I see. I need to be married. I need to have the house. I need to have some kids. I need to do this. I need to have this. You know what I mean? Maybe you're mm-hmm. not there, man. Because again, in terms of, you know, doing, uh, having the same set of instruments and still creating, you know, different types of melodies, that's perfectly okay. You know, you do you. And again, if we can learn to actually merge our symphonies together, the more the better. But, you know, you need to accept you the same way I need to accept me. I think that's a great thing. That's it. And I wanted to touch on the fact that recently you attended uh, as, a, as a keynote speaker for Influence MTL in, uh, for 2018. And uh, I, I believe, was it, uh, where was it? Uh, Plaza Bonaventure or? Oh, yeah. Plaza Bonaventure. So congrats on that. It was a really big deal. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But um, 
I'm guessing that in 2018, on the stage with all these, you know, notorious entrepreneurs and people doing awesome, great things, and here you are sharing your story. If you take, as you said, like, you know, an out-of-body experience, looking at yourself on the stage, do you ever have that feeling of like, man, if you had told me like, you know, five years ago or two years ago or three years ago, I'd be standing on this stage. Do you ever get that feeling from time to time? Uh, yeah, sometimes I do. You know, sometimes, man, that feels great. That feels great, man. But, um, I don't know me, me per se, for some reason, I never, I could never get, I, I just can't get, um, it's like it happens and it's like, it, I just can't get in a, in a place where I'm like, okay, I succeeded. You know what I'm trying to say? Cause for me, it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I'm always thinking like, okay, I need to, I need to, um, do something else. You know what I mean? I need to get to another, another plane, another, another level, but it's great. You know what I'm trying to say? That happens to me all the time. But usually what what will happen is it'll happen to me months later. I won't feel <laughs> it at the moment. It'll be like mm-hmm. months later. I'm like, oh, snap. That's how it happens to me. I, I it, it doesn't happen to me on the spot. Wow. But it is, it, it, it is something because the mission you set for yourself in terms of helping people, empowering them, you know, through love, through self-worth, through positive mindset, because I think that's the biggest hurdle a lot of people have to deal with. It's the part, there's the shift in mindset, because eventually, you know, the means and the methods are eventually going to come because your brain will figure it out. You know, we're survivors. Human beings by nature are a species about survival. It's all about survival. You will figure it out eventually. If Mm -hmm. you basically set yourself, you know, set your code, set your dial to execute and, you know, change your mindset. Otherwise, you fall into the pattern. And there was a quote that I saw on your blog, um, and I really loved it because I screenshot it, and I'm just going to read it off right now. Habits are more powerful than thoughts. They are a stronghold of reinforced thoughts cemented by a cycle of repetition. And that's what I believe a lot of people are going through. You fall into the routine. Mm-hmm. And how do we break away? Are there tips? Are there What would be your words of wisdom in terms of breaking away from those patterns? Will, at the end of the day, that's all that it is, a will. Because habits are, I mean, the only thing that could break a habit is will, to me. I mean, some people may say, oh, you got to replace it with another habit. But to do that, you need will. You just got to have the will. I've seen people like, uh, you know, strung out on crack. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that. Mm-hmm. But they just had this will. Like, I don't want to smoke crack no more. Cigarettes. I don't want to be a prostitute no more. Or, you know, I don't want to sell dope no more. It's will. Because it's so easy just to stay in your pattern because it's familiar. You know, you're making yeah. good money. You know, you're having fun. Yeah, you're, 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 but you have to really want to get out of it. And I'm guessing, you know, for those people in those unfortunate circumstances, that's got to be an enormous hurdle to get out of. Yeah, because it, it's... It, at the end of the day, all it is is will. It's just being in a place where you feel like, you know what? I don't want this. And that's when your value system changes, you know? Like, if you, if you, for example, you know, at one point, you didn't see nothing wrong with, um, I don't know, 
smoking in front of your kids if at one point you didn't think that was a problem, but your value system changes and you're like, I don't want to educate my children to run to something else to deal with their stress that's not healthy for them. You know, that 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 has some kind of a will, you know, it has something that's just stronger than you. It has a why, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, it's all it goes down to will. If you wanted to change a habit for real, you want to stop eating cookies, man. You want to stop eating the cookies at Subway. It's going to be the will. You know what I mean? But those cookies That's... are so good, Vance. Come on. I love me some I... like Adam. I know, man. <laughs> um, as cliche as it sounds, from what I'm getting from everything I've experienced, you know, from you so far and throughout this amazing conversation, is it safe to believe that, you know, love is the answer? As cliche as it sounds? Yeah. You know, love, love, but, you know, self-love and then loving other people and just, I mean, yo, if anybody like, oh, man, I don't know my purpose, don't know what I'm called to do. Yo, you called to serve people. How? Well, you just need to find a way that you enjoy serving people. Simple as that. No, no rocket science, you know. How do you love to serve people? And you know How? something? Like, you know, something, too, that people kind of, like, don't understand. It's like they feel like purpose is supposed to be, like, a big stage and stuff like that. Oh, man, that's yeah, because I have a calling. I want to feed a million people. Oh, yeah. Man, like, I don't do yeah. big things. Yeah, but you don't, like, 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 what I've learned is the stage is nice. It's fun. You know, it'll definitely feed your pride. Sometimes it feeds my ego and my pride. But at the end of the day, it's like, what about when you one-on-one -on -one with somebody? You know what I mean? Like, you want to encourage, like, millions of people, but you want to encourage, you know what I mean? You want to encourage, like, the person next to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yo, start mm -hmm. with encouraging everyone around you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then let's talk about millions because it's like, like your purpose should, should be so in you. It should be like water, you know? The purpose of water is to hydrate. Whether it falls on the dirt, whether it's part of the ocean, whether it's part of a lake, whether it's no matter where water it, where whatever water touches, it hydrates. Its purpose doesn't change. Whether there's a million people or one person or whatever, I mean, yo, it hydrates. So it's like we can't only operate in a purpose when the platform, the ideal platform for us is there. You got to do that all the time. You say you want to encourage people. Yeah. Okay, great. But what happens when you see like, you know what I mean? You see someone that's mm -hmm. trying to talk to you that you feel like is beneath you. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, what's up with that? Got to value it. every single person, whether it's a crowd of like one person or a crowd of ten thousand. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, because you never know who's who. Sven <sighs> Cinemax dropping gems. I know we're going up to the top of the hour, Svens. Again, I'm no one way to take too much of your time, but you've been so kind and so generous uh, with your wisdom. Um, I've definitely, I'm definitely walking away from this enlightened. Um, this conversation for me, because I always try to learn from others' conversations. First of all. I want to express my gratitude um, for your genuine uh, message of truth and empowerment. This is something that, you know, we've never, you know, exchanged prior to this conversation, but I've always followed you on Instagram and I really loved your text and everything. Shout out to uh, Paul, style by Paul, basically, who basically highlighted me on, on uh, your profile. But um, 
really. Um, I, I seem a little bit emotional because everything I'm hearing from you is definitely something that I respond to. And I'm hoping that the listeners will definitely benefit from in terms of a longer journey and a personal, you know, truth and empowerment, because it's, it's definitely within us in our choice and in our hands to actually progress and not digress. And I really want to thank you for that, Svens. Really, it's been an amazing, amazing conversation. Man, likewise, man. I thank you for the opportunity and your patience too, man, because I know we was trying to connect before. It's okay. And, uh, it's okay. Circumstances through, but... that we know. It's okay. It's okay. We yeah. definitely know. We don't need to get into it. But again, you know, the universe always matters. And again, I thank you for your interest because again, you know, it's, it was a long time coming. But, you know, everything, as you said, everything happens in due time. But I really, really appreciate it. Again, I do hope that, again, I'm just really launching this out. Anytime, open invitation. Anytime you want to be back, we'll definitely connect and, you know, try to exchange on other topics at your discretion, whatever. But again, anytime you want to be back, definitely the floor is yours. Definitely. Man, thanks a million, man. Appreciate it. I always like to close off uh, by leaving the floor to the guest. Uh, kind quote, a passing thought, a uh, call to action, something that people can wake up tomorrow. Again, like, you know, take a, a next step towards the next level. Anything you want to leave them with? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes um, that, I, that I've written and is this. Um, Tears may bombard my cheeks. Sweat may surge over my brows. Blood may stain my fingertips. But as long as I believe in my why, I will find a how. Quote of the night. <laughs> There's nothing else I could add to that other than thank you, really, with, sincere, with sincerity and humility. Thank you so much for all this wisdom. Thank you so much for all this kindness. Wishing you nothing but ongoing success along your journey. Definitely looking forward to hearing more from you along the interwebs and Instagrams. And definitely we'll link up to all your contacts on social media. Don't worry, guys. All the links to Svens and anywhere you can find him on Instagram. He is Svens Tedemak on Instagram. But I'll definitely link all the presents and all the web blogs. And again, when the book comes out, please let me know. Because I definitely want to get my copy. My signed copy. <laughs> ah, no worries, man. I got you, man. Appreciate it, man. But again, uh, thank you for your time, guys. This is uh, another episode of Waking the Awesome in the Can. Thank you so much for your time and presence. Wishing you nothing but love, truth, and happiness. Stay on your journey and please stay awesome. Have a good night, guys. Have a blessed one.